0: Welcome to the River of Life Church podcast, your home for weekly messages that will equip you in your spiritual growth. Thank you from everyone here at ROLC, and enjoy the sermon. Well, good morning, and good morning to those of you who are watching our broadcast. I just look forward to church every week, and especially knowing today there would be an emphasis on world missions. Let me ask a question. How many of you gave your life to Jesus because someone shared Christ with you. Many of us in church, but somebody shared with you and it challenged you, it touched you. And that's what our world missions is. It's simply about not only us participating by sharing our own faith with those we come in contact with, but also sharing our faith by supporting those and sponsoring those who need the resources to share the message of Christ, and other nations and countries around the world that we may never step foot onto, but yet they're there sharing the message of salvation. So that's what we're doing. Our faith promise allows us to partner with men and women who have really laid down all aspirations, only one thing that motivates their hearts, to share the gospel for those who've never heard. Amen. Let me ask, how many of you still believe God performs the miraculous? Come on, wave me down. Amen. Amen. I have found the same God who parted the Red Sea. How many believe He parted the Red Sea? How many of you believe they walked through on dry ground, not muddy up to your knee-based soil and mud, right? He who parted the Red Sea, who brought down the walls of Jericho, and He raised Jesus from the dead, He is still in the miracle working business. Amen. Everybody say, He still does miracles. Say it. If you don't believe that, why even come? Why even give your life to Christ? Why even share your faith when we believe that He hasn't changed? He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. And He is the same forever. When we genuinely embrace that and believe that, then that changes how we live, what we say, where we go, where we don't go. Why? Because we serve a God who's not dead. But He's alive. So when faith is activated, because people see the miraculous, that's when the miracles that are set in motion begin to challenge people to do what? Dare to believe. And that's what I want to talk about today. I'm giving a challenge that the Holy Spirit has placed in my heart. Challenging His people on His behalf to dare. To believe, amen? God is a faith God, amen? Faith is the language of God. How many of you want to speak to God and you want Him to hear your voice? Then you need to speak His language, what? Faith. And when we understand and speak God's language, then we don't see things any longer through our eyes, but we see them through the eyes of God, which is what? Faith. Changes everything, changes how we pray changes what we do or don't do in the way of extending the message of Jesus to others Mark Daniels the drummer of our of our worship team he said pastor I have such an exciting news that I want to share I've heard you say many times God will bring opportunities where we can share our faith well God opened one for Mark at the car wash There was a man there who was talkative, and then the Holy Spirit just prompted Mark and said, if he comes to you, share my son with him. Sure enough, this talkative individual had to start up another conversation, and it just happened to be with Mark. And Mark shared Jesus. Mark bought him something to eat. Mark invited him to come and worship with us. When you're looking through the eyes of faith, you understand, you understand it's not just about receiving from God, but it's also about receiving what we have taken from Him so that we can share it with others. It's always about extending the blessing to one after the other after the other so that all may know that there is salvation only in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. And this is what will change, not only our lives, but it will change how we pray. I, I think sometimes people pray, it, it's usually like forgiveness prayers and, and rescue me prayers, right? We, we miss the mark, and, and, and you know, we're commanded to confess our sins, amen. But our prayer life should be much more than just forgive me, Lord, save me, Lord. And I mean not as a believer for salvation again I mean save me from this situation deliver me from this circumstance rescue me Lord and when we take and begin to look through the eyes of faith understanding that God has placed a challenge he has placed a dare before us how many remember the 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 Christmas movie a Christmas story with Ralphie and his brother and their neighborhood friends growing up together And one scene in particular that my grandchildren love is the scene where they dare one of the schoolmates to place his tongue on a cold flagpole. And finally, it was, I double dog dare you, right? You remember that. Some of us, it's a tradition to watch that every year just for that chuckle, that laugh, that stroll down memory lane. And God is daring us, but not for something foolish. He is daring us to give our faith away. He's daring us to do something maybe we've never done before. Takes us out of our comfort zone. And that's what missions is. Not only the missionaries that are all around the world, but it's us as an active part of fulfilling the Great Commission. It changes how we pray, but if you look in the book of Acts, chapter four, verse 31, it changed how the early Christian church prayed. Listen to what Dr. Luke says in Acts 4:31. And when they, the church, had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. When's the last time you were in a corporate prayer meeting and the place literally began to tremble, physically tremble because of the manifest presence of God. That is something that I'm sure if we encounter that, and Lord, we pray we do, that it would change how we see prayer. Since the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all, everybody say all, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. I think more than ever, believers need to be bold. The world is bold. Their agenda that they proclamate is bold. And many of what is being presented to the world is in complete contradiction to the written Word of God. And I think it's time for the church, as I said, to take the dare to believe. But it's also time for us not to be obnoxious, but to be bold and do what's been missing. Provide people opportunity for hope. Provide people with opportunity to find faith. Not just faith in and of itself, but faith in a risen Savior who did break the back of the devil, who did crush the serpent's head. It's time to be bold and to speak up and be the men and women God has called us to be. Now, sometimes people say, oh, Pastor, I, I could never do that. I could ne- I, you know, that's just not my personality. It's not about the mind. It's not about the personality. It's not whether you're outgoing or more introvertish. It's about just simply telling people about someone you love when the opportunity, that's what I stress, when the opportunity presents itself. And so when we then, it says, they spoke the word of God with boldness, that event, that miracle, that faith that manifested, with the presence of God, literally doing a physical demonstration. It got them out of their comfort zone, gave them confidence. I think sometimes people are are slow to share their faith because they lack confidence. Sometimes because they've never done it. And sometimes because that's not the kind of Jesus they've come to know. But I'm here to tell you He is still a miracle-working, world-shaking God Who has a plan, has a purpose. And before he returns, he will not return for a church through the rapture that is weak and vulnerable and falling apart and fretting and fearful. The way he began with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost is the way Jesus is going to finish the church age before he returns. If you believe that, somebody please say amen. It's time to be bold. It's time to be excited. It's time to be confident. It's time to do what we've never done before. The same Jesus who healed, delivered, restored, and forgave sin, he hasn't changed. Oh, yes, I understand circumstances change. That's just called living life, right? But even though circumstances change, the needs of people don't change. They still get sick, they still struggle with addictions. They still have family matters that are stressful and weighing against them. People still have needs. That's why they need Jesus. And for us to remain silent, and again, I'm not talking about being obnoxious like a bull in a china closet, but I am talking about just everyday lifestyle evangelism, when God opens a door with your neighbor, when you just meet someone randomly, and it's so obvious that God is in that moment. That you just step into it. Oh, pastor, what if I fail? It's not about you succeeding or failing. It's just about you doing. That's it. Then you leave the results up to the Lord. I've seen God do so many miracles during my ministry of 40 plus years. During my born again experience, which began in January of 1974. 50 years I've known Jesus as my Savior. And time and time again... When I had no idea how God was going to show up and back up my words, I would just simply take the step of faith. I would pray for people. And then, Lord, I I know in my heart I can't heal, but you can. And you said, I can lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. I've done that throughout the years, knowing I'm just supposed to do, and then God will get it. Done. Takes all the responsibility off of us. You know, the other. You know, a few months back, I was at a restaurant and I was coming out afterwards, and the Holy Spirit just. I saw this woman. She looked so despondent. She was broken. No physical demonstration, but it was just almost like I, I just felt that spirit that that was just hovering over her, weighing her down. And I looked at her and I said, "Ma'am." I don't know what you're going through because the Holy Spirit said, Craig, speak to her. Speak to her for me. Amen. And I said, ma'am, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm going to tell you that Jesus knows and he loves you. Instantly, she burst into tears. She said, I just received news. My cell phone rang. It was my daughter and my mom, her grandmom, passed away. And I prayed for her. Right there. Right there. I just became God's voice. I shared the words. I was a doer. And then he got it done. That's all it is. That's all it is. What if they get upset with me? Then sometimes I have found in life when people are resistant, even if it demonstrates itself in a verbal assault against you, Usually, they are the individuals that are closest to finding Jesus as their Savior. They need to hear. Don't fear. Faith. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. God has not lost confidence in His abilities, so neither should we. That's powerful. I'm going to say that one more time. Is that okay? Come on now. God has not lost confidence in His abilities, neither should we. So, that portion of scripture I read, a little background, a little history was Peter and John, as they did every day during the hour of prayer, they went to the temple to pray. Now, for years, before they knew Jesus, because they were still practicing Jews, and then after they found Christ as Messiah, they would go daily when they were in Jerusalem to the temple for the hour of prayer. Dedicated. And outside of the temple gates, which had a name, it was called Beautiful, there was a man that they saw every time they went into the temple who was crippled. Whether he was born that way from birth or whether something happened that caused him to be in that condition, it's not very clear. But what is clear, they saw this man daily, they knew this man, and that even after they had received the mighty infilling of the Holy Spirit as Jesus promised. They were going into the temple that day and at that exact moment, that's when God spoke to them as the man said alms. He was a beggar because he had no way to make a living. And so as they looked at the man, the Holy Spirit came upon Peter. He said, silver I don't have, gold I don't have, but what I do have I'll give you, the anointing. How many of you desire the anointing in your life? Hallelujah. But what I do have, I'll give you. In the name, everybody say in the name. In the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. Now what if that man just remained on the ground in that crippled state? Peter and John would have looked foolish, but it wasn't about them. That's why they were willing to take the step. They were willing to take the dare. They were willing to believe. So they forgot about their reputation. They forgot about their ego, and that's part of the Christian walk of faith. you got to forget about your ego. you got to forget about whether I'm right or wrong. I've seen too many Christians get in argument with churches, get in arguments with their friends, all because they feel like people aren't seeing and hearing what they're seeing and hearing. And then they cop an attitude. Listen, if God is really speaking and you're really hearing and you're really seeing from Him, then you won't cop an attitude. That will be a motivation to pray so God brings people to where they need to be. But if anger, frustration, all of those negative attributes begin to manifest and come to the surface, then I can guarantee you, by the power of God's word and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you're not hearing from God. It's about your ego. We don't get offended, right? Paul says to live is Christ to die is gain. When's the last time you saw a dead man or woman get offended? You're at a viewing and the casket is open. Someone who had issues with the deceased. They walk up to the casket and they give them a piece of their mind. The guy doesn't flinch or the woman doesn't flinch. No reaction. You can't offend a dead man or a dead woman. A dead man or a dead woman can't become fearful. A dead man or a dead woman can't be tempted. Are you hearing me? When we're dead to what this world has to offer and we're alive to Christ, you won't be moved nor shaken. Amen? So when we live as dead men and dead women. And that's, that's an everyday remembrance that we have to, to make sure we're aware of because it's at the most unopportune times that the devil tries to catch us off guard. That's why we live dead, so others might live. Amen? So that Jesus may live through us. Amen. Praise the Lord. So here they are. They prayed for this man and he rose up. It says immediately receiving strength in his ankles, he rose up and he began to leap, praising the Lord. So the religious leaders, they knew this was a miracle. But then when they began to see that it didn't come in a way that would lift these pious religious individuals up in the eyes of their peers, they took offense. They hated Jesus. They despised him. Anything that was done in His name. They thought they had killed Him when they crucified Him. And now the movement, from their perspective, was gaining momentum and was getting stronger, and they couldn't stand it. They challenged, but they were unsuccessful. So what did they do? Just as they thought they succeeded in quieting Jesus by having Him crucified, they have Peter and John arrested. The thrown in prison... Why? Because religious people were outraged. And so in order to stop them, they had them beaten, Peter and John. Then they were thrown again in prison. Then afterwards, they were commanded never to preach in this name. But these threats, that's all they were, they were threats. They had no effect on Peter and John. In fact, look at how they responded to the people around them. I mean, if you're going to go bold, if you're going to, you know, dare to believe, if you're going to go over the edge, take the leap of faith, Amen. then you're either all in or you're not. So they had already been beaten. What are you going to do, hit me again? Been there, done that. And then that's when Peter looks at him in Acts 4, 10. And says, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, Whom God raised from the dead. They were getting all their digs. Pouring Holy Ghost salt into their religious wounds. By him this man stands here before you whole. End of story. No more comments to make. In the face of opposition, what were they? They were fearless. And when we stand with that kind of resolve in our own hearts and minds, then nothing's impossible. God will not abandon those who have refused to abandon Him. Amen? And when they shared their testimony afterwards, they're released. They go back to the church, go back to the Christians in in, in the book of Acts church, and they begin to share what the Lord had done, how powerful it was. And it was so powerful, you know what it did? It stimulated, it motivated them. Let's have a prayer meeting. Some of the most powerful prayer meetings I've ever been a part of have been the spontaneous ones. The ones where it wasn't specifically organized and we should set aside time. Again, that's how the miracle of the crippled man took place because Peter and John understood a specific time of prayer. And God knew there'd be a crowd and the Lord always loves to show off when there's a crowd. So people will see and know and understand there is indeed a God And he manifested himself through God the Son, Jesus Christ. The Lord wants us to boast. To brag on ourselves is a sin. But Scripture says, let him who boast. Boast on who? The Lord. So they were stimulated, they were motivated to have a prayer meeting. It broke out. So let's take a moment to look at the prayer. The Acts Church, through Peter and John, from their perspective, the Acts church saw those two men as dead. The same people, as I mentioned, who had crucified Jesus could have done the same. Rather than just beat him, throw him in prison, then release them and command him never to speak in that name, they could have just had him put to death, crucified. In fact, later on, when the purpose of Peter's life and ministry were fulfilled, they went to crucify him, and Peter responded saying, I'm not worthy. To be crucified as our Lord was. So they crucified him upside down. A man who was fearless, who was bold, who was sold out. He was a dead man walking. And here, when the church then saw the faithfulness of God. And that's, that's what needs to happen. Man, when God does something for you, when he answers prayer. Talk about it. Brag on the Lord. Share with others. What God has done for you will motivate them to believe for themselves. I remember when I first came to the Lord, an individual who became my best friend, he was a delivered drug addict, didn't know Jesus, and then when he found the Lord as his Savior, here he was addicted to Coke and other drugs, written off by his family and even by local law enforcement officials, but not by God. And when he came to know the Lord, he was all in. Scripture says those that are forgiven much love much. So he was a lover of Jesus. And I remember it was, it was the actual Sunday that I gave my heart to Christ. The pastor at the church said, would you come and pray for God just to bless this service, bless these altars, bless this message. He walked up on the stage, had his Bible already open to the text that was going to be read for the sermon foundation. Then he has his Bible like this, put his hands up. You got to remember, I was raised in, in a very low-key, a loud person in a low-key environment, right? A very structured Baptist church. Love the Baptists. Love the Baptists. They made me a lover of the Word. Amen? Amen. But I never saw intimacy like I was about to see. And he had his Bible here. He lifted his hands. And do you know how he began his prayer? Hello, Jesus. Hello, Jesus. You know what I said when I just heard those two words, hello, Jesus? I said, I want what he has. You hear me? That's the way we want to live. Not calculated, but just relational. Just let your love for him. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works. You fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. You've heard me say this all the time. Fruit speaks. Fruit speaks. How do you know a banana or grapes or an apple or an orange is good? When you taste it. When you bite into it. My wife went to the grocery store, brought home the best red grapes I have had in a very long time. They were huge. They would have been like the grapes they carried out of the promised land to show the people, right, flowing with milk and honey, the grapes are the size of a man's fist. Now, obviously, the grapes she purchased and brought home weren't the size of a man or a woman's fist, but they were big. And I bit into them. I tasted them. It was good. I was just going over this message last night and saw them there, and I just said, hallelujah, they're not gone yet. And as I was just allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me and say, prepare this word. I just had some grapes. And I knew Jesus was right there. Had He manifest Himself like He did to the disciples after His resurrection, I, you know, I'm sure He probably would have had a few grapes with me. He ate after His resurrection. So here I just was finishing up. And then God just showed me that's the way it is with our lives. We become the grape. That people taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And you can only taste good when you live dead. Because then the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. That's what exudes from us. That's what people taste. In a world filled with such betrayal and hate and fidelity, backbiting, gossip, nothing, nothing worse than gossip. You know what gossip is when you talk about someone to somebody else rather than talking to the individual. That's the sin of gossip. So the world's filled with that. Everything is betrayal and backbiting. You know, hatred. Now with the rise of crime and what's happening in our city streets, the morality that is so degenerative that is taking place in our public schools trying to pervert the precious minds of our little children. It's awful. So when people taste the fruit of the Spirit, it's like the manna from heaven. Love, joy, peace. People want to know peace in, in, in times where peace is lacking. They want to know love when they feel so hated. Only Jesus can do that. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. So when they heard all of that and when they prayed, they said, Lord, look on their threats. Because they, the Book of Acts church knew that they were they were under suspicion. They were under the watchful eye of Rome and the religious leaders. And so when this prayer meeting broke out, they prayed this prayer. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Again, by stretching out your hand to heal and, with, and that signs and wonders. When's the last time you were a part of a sign and a wonder? I think we were a part of a sign and a wonder when this church gathered in agreement praying for Amanda's sister, Kate, who had lost almost all of the blood. They had to get more blood transfusions for her. She was not expected to live. The hospital where she was being treated had to call another hospital because that hospital ran out of blood, but the church prayed. But the church prayed, and God supernaturally touched her. And then the next day after all was done, a surgery that needed to take place. That literally was life and death. And the next day after it was all said and done, she was sitting up in bed like nothing ever happened. Praise God. Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders can be when the dead are raised. I've prayed one time in my life when I prayed for someone who died. And God, literally, they died. They lost all of their vital signs I was preaching in a little small church. Woman had a stroke. The person directly behind the woman that had a stroke was a nurse, skilled and trained in the medical practices. When this woman fell over, 80-some years of age, and if you're in your 80s, don't feel like you're going to fall over. I'm just telling you what God can do if you ever fall over. She fell over. The nurse says, call 911. This woman has had a stroke. She has no vital signs. The Lord had me go down, and I said, how many believe that God honors his word? Everybody said, amen, amen, with a, a sense of yes, but also disbelief and panic on their faces all at the same time. And I said, how many believe God still heals? And again, amen, hallelujah. And I said, well, I'm going to pray for this woman because the Bible says, how many you understand that When we pray, it's all about what the Bible says as we pray. Not what we feel, not what we think, not what our emotions dictate. What does the Word say? He said He'll meet all of our needs according to His riches in glory through Christ Jesus. And physical health, a physical touch from above is also a need. We've all had at some point in time. So everybody said amen. I said if anybody believes contrary, this was the Holy Spirit because I couldn't believe I said this. Thank God I did, but I couldn't believe I did. That's how you know it's God. I said, if anybody doesn't believe God wants to touch her, please leave the auditorium. I really said that. Nobody got up and left. Nobody wants to be identified as one of the disbelievers. But I still said it, right? Then I just prayed a simple prayer. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke death, I rebuke this infirmity, and I speak life and healing. And this woman, in Jesus' name, according to your word, by your stripes, she's healed. Amen. After I prayed, nothing happened. Then the Lord, again, it was the Lord. He said, Just start worshiping. Have them sing that hymn again. So we started singing the song, Redeemed. How I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus. Forever His Savior, forever His saved, yes I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And right when we were singing that, no musicians, a cappella. All of a sudden, when I was looking, God made sure I saw. All of a sudden, the woman who was laying horizontal across the pew, all of a sudden, it was like the wind, in fact, it had to be. The wind of the Holy Spirit came on her, and it was like she was laying, then all of a sudden, and she sat up. The EMTs came in, they had their gurney. Everything disrupted. God likes disruption Amen. when He's behind it. Amen. The devil starts, but God finishes if we let Him. They got this woman on the gurney, and she was shouting, I'm healed. Now, she was out of it, she had been dead, according to what that medical professional, that RN, had shared because of the seriousness. And she says, Jesus came to me. So while she was under, Jesus appeared to her. He said, I'm healed, and I'm sending you back. Well, the EMTs didn't listen. They rolled her out, and she yelled the whole way out. Stop it. Let me off. They took her to the hospital because I believe God likes to document miracles. Amen? Amen. Took her to the hospital, was released four or five hours later. They were able to document she had had a stroke. But yet, for some reason, everything was perfectly in alignment. They checked it all. Blockages, everything. Why? Because signs and wonders, they still happen. To encourage the church and to capture the attention of unbelievers... My goodness, we should not be bored when we come to church. This is a filling station for us. It's not about you coming here and, all right, the pastor did a pretty good job. Worship could have been better or the worship was through the roof. But the pastor, oh, he was awful today. I don't know how he even keeps his job, right? Not about that. We come here to receive and worship, to receive the Word of God, which is manna from heaven, So that what we get in this house, we can take it back home, to the workplace, to streets, to your schools. Are you hearing me? Those of you online, are you hearing this? That's why we come. And the reason the church has lost its power is because people are content not to be in church. Where God can fill them, prepare them, anoint them, and then send them. It's what He does with our missionaries. They laid their lives down to go to these unreached people groups. That's why when we had the first service of all of my churches I've ever pastored, the very first service that they didn't have a missions program, I instituted it. I started this church as my previous first service. I instituted at my previous congregation, Mission Sunday. And in this church, we had our first service on Sunday, November the 5th, 2006. And guess what that service was, our very first service? Mission Sunday. Why? Because I believe in the Great Commission. I believe in giving our faith away. When we are active like that, trust me, God will show up and blow up in you and all through you. And it will spill onto people around you. You ever see something blow up? Goes everywhere, doesn't it? Well, when the Holy Spirit blows up on you and you're filled with Him, He's going to take and cover those around you in proximity. Wherever you go, they're going to encounter the same Holy Spirit who empowers you, lives in you, flows through you, and has anointed you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Everything Jesus promised, the book of Acts Church was seen to come to pass. Greater power, greater things. Didn't Jesus say, you'll do greater things than me? How are we looking on that, you know, bucket list? Haven't done the greater things yet, right? God wants us to know. I have, I have my doctorate. That means squat when it comes to the anointing. The only reason I pursued that was to enlarge my knowledge and to also, sometimes people have confidence when they see a title. So you know what a title is? Just a key to open another door to an audience that will listen to what I have to say as well as what you have to say. There's nothing wrong with it, just so our confidence is not in a title, but in Almighty God. Praise the Lord. Everything Jesus has said was coming to pass. Greater things. And this is what inspired the church to pray with unstoppable faith. E.M. Bounds says this, prayer breaks all bars. Dissolves all chains. Isn't that what Peter John faced, isn't that what Paul during his ministry faced in lifetime? Prayer breaks all bars, dissolves all chains, opens all prisons, and widens all straits by which God's saints have been held. How many of you are ready to have the restraints, the spiritual restraints that have been trying to hold you back, removed from your life? How many are ready? Those of you watching online, watching the broadcast, how many of you are ready? God is a chain breaker. He is. It's just what He does. Anything that represents the kingdom of darkness, when light shows up and God is light, in Him there's no darkness at all. When He shows up, His light, His miracle-working ability, His unrestrained power, I like that. People have limited power in this lifetime, but God's is unrestrained, unlimited. If we'll embrace and we'll take the dare, we'll dare to believe, We'll embrace what He embraces. He'll release that same anointing on us. And that's why, when they prayed like that, the Holy Spirit is always attracted to what? The place where people are praying with that mantle. The manifest presence of God is not a one time phenomenon. Then you live on it the rest of your life. It's there to be a part of your book of faith, what God has done, just like all the miracles that are in the Word of God. It's part of God's legacy right? We have the Hall of Fame for athletes, the Hall of Faith for believers, amen, which all gives glory to Jesus. And here you, you take, and when we see what God does, it's not about just one time. What He does once, He'll do again. That's why it's the ongoing norm for God's people to flow in that kind of anointing. You know, it says that when they had prayed that way, Acts 4.31, the Holy Spirit showed up. They were all filled Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled. I like that. And if you ever feel like God's left you out of the plan, well, he hasn't. Satan will tell you that, but he hasn't. He wants all filled. All means all. With all of my studies, with all of my education in academia, I have learned over many years, all means all. So you've not been left out what He has done for others, if you will be passionate, pursue His presence, and dare to believe, take the leap of faith, you'll become part of that all. It says that when the place was shaken and they were all filled in the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the Word of God, boldness. Again, boldness. This is what God intends for the Christian church. Boldness. Earth-shaking faith and prayer. In fact, I found... Anything less is substandard. God wants to do it all. Amen? Amen. David said in 2 Samuel 22, 7 and 8, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God, and he heard my voice from his temple, and my cry entered his ears. Then the earth shook. The earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Angry at who? The enemy those that wanted to stop the plans and the purposes of God. That's who's on your side if you'll take that leap of faith, if you'll accept the dare to believe. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. When this kind of faith is unleashed, then that's when your heavens will be shaken around you. And then the strongholds upon, not only possibly on your life, but on the lives of others, will be broken through your Prayer of faith, all because you were willing to not look over the edge, but go over the edge and step into the unthinkable from the world. But what God brings God most pleasure. When you jump, you'll know who'll catch you, just like Peter, when he stepped out of the boat, one foot, the other foot, and then slid off the edge. What Peter couldn't do, God did. And he'll do the same for you. And when this happens, it will change the people. The book of Acts, church, they were changed. They were transformed. We see it in Acts 4.33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them. How many of you want to operate in great power? And that great power comes from great grace. We see both those terms in this portion of Scripture. Great power and great grace for one purpose. To empower us, the church, as well as those in other areas, our missionaries, to do what? To share their faith in Jesus Christ. Everything God does is about purpose. So I ask the question, do you know who you are? Because that's part of understanding your purpose. You are God's gift to others. You're the one that God will grace and equip with power to share the need for a Savior, to pray the prayer of faith, to believe for a sign or a wonder, whatever it takes, for that purpose to that person to encounter Jesus Christ. That's you. That's you, that's me. James says in chapter 1 verse 7, 17, every good and every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights, with whom there is no variation of changing. Amen. Amen. That God who doesn't change, praise the Lord. God gives to us so we can give to others. So when's the last time you've been a giver of your faith? Hallelujah. The Lord wants to move through His people. Amen? And this is what Peter experienced. Then Peter said, silver and gold. Remember the prayer we mentioned earlier? I don't have money. I'm a poor preacher. But what I do have, I'm rich in the anointing. Amen? Silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up. So in closing, it was prayer that shook the walls of Jericho. Prayer and obedience. It was prayer that rattled the valley of dry bones. And just like the book of Acts Church, it's time for you and for me, it's time for those of you watching online to accept the challenge. The challenge that reveals the need for evangelism. Not only supporting others, but us as well being a part of that. The challenge that release is the supernatural. I'm tired, tired of a powerless church. For me, it's all or nothing. What good is it if we acquire all the stuff the world offers, but we're powerless? You know, what the world offers, eventually, you're not going to carry it with you into heaven. I heard it rumored that Elvis was buried with one of his Cadillacs. I researched it on Snoops. It wasn't true. But I did hear it. But it bears repeating because nothing you've brought into this, nothing you've accumulated in this world, you're going to take with you. Job said, naked I came into the world, naked I'll go. The way you start is the way you finish, is, is the way you finish for this earth. But then where you spend eternity that has no finish line. That's all connected to what we do right now. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. What is that telling us? God has called us to reach our world. But this will never happen if we neglect our world. And when I say our, I mean yours. I have my own personal world. You have your own personal world. Everyone does. And that's the world we're to be active in. Amen? Amen. Everything is about reaching people who desperately need a Savior. Going to all the world. So how do we do this? By sharing our faith. And this is why we also need to partner with our missionaries. That's why River of Life has a missions program. Why? Because our missionaries go where we can't go. Do you hear that? They go where we cannot go. And this is why, again, we partner with them. With the Assemblies of God, we are an Assemblies of God church, but I'm not a company man. I love the organization because they stay true to the word. They are not a denomination. They're considered a fellowship. So, if anyone asks you uh, who are Riverfly Church, are they affiliated? That's a good word. Yes, they're affiliated with the Assemblies of God, but the Assemblies of God is non denominational. That's a fact. Our founding, our founding fathers and mothers referred to the Assemblies as a fellowship, a non denominational fellowship. And that's what we still are. And because people have been attracted to that, because they've been transformed by that kind of a mindset. It's grown. When something's healthy, it grows. Amen? Amen. So we need to partner with them. And that's why, again, today, all of you in your bulletins have a faith promise. All I'm going to ask, again, is fill that out. Ask the Holy Spirit how you can partner. What dollar amount would He place on your heart to give once a month, weekly, or a one-time gift? For an entire year but ask the Holy Spirit so we can be more than just the river of Life Church we can be a part of missionaries all around the world and for the record we support missionaries from independent organizations other denominations we work as bridge builders if someone is doing something that is reaching an area that really desperately needs a touch from God we take and we bring on other organizations as well So that's just to show you that the river is not about just us or our organization, our covering. We are about the world. Amen? If somebody's doing a good job, then hey, I want to partner with that. How about you? So you're going to fill those out. When you leave the facility, you can put them in the black boxes. Put in the part that has all of your information, because this is how we build our annual missions budget. I'm praying that we can increase the amount of missionaries we are supporting because the giving reflects that. You're giving this by faith. Again, no monies are being collected. But then, from this point forward, is when whatever the Lord has placed on your heart, you'll be faithful to give. So with that said, I want to move now to us, to this house, and to those of you who are watching online. I want to pose this challenge. Dare to believe. For your life for the part you play in your world ask God for a new anointing ask God for a fresh wind ask him for more of his Holy Spirit to flow through you and to impact the lives of others ask him to make you sensitive to the needs of those around you ask him to help you recognize when a divine opportunity presents itself dare to believe. Dare to believe him with your faith promise? Dare to believe him for a miracle that you need as well as the miracles of others you know? Dare to believe for a miracle in someone's life? Dare to believe for for something that causes you co- to come to that place where you understand and you're fully convinced nothing absolutely nothing is too difficult for the Lord. Bring your needs to these authors this morning. As we open them up for prayer. Bring the needs of others that you know. You can stand proxy for them. And we'll pray with you and believe for miracles in them. We serve a God of miracles. Amen? Dare to believe. I dare you, by the Holy Spirit, to take this leap of faith. Amen? Thanks for listening to the River of Life Church Podcast. Subscribe and rate us right now on iTunes to be first to get access to new audio messages every week. Visit rolcdoylestown.org or like us on Facebook to always stay up to date on what's going on at ROLC. If you would like to support this ministry, visit the online giving page at our website. Join us next time for more from River of Life Church.